A musical adventure. New artists, new musicians, and everyone involved in the world of music. Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J Rod Concerts the Podcast with your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Let's find out what we have this episode. Make a wish, baby, and I'm gonna make it come true. Hey, everybody. That's Ambrosia for you. And uh, not a guest on our show today, but we have an incredible guest regardless. But uh, welcome to the show. This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. As we kick off Americana Fest Week here in Nashville. And uh, what a treat we have. Mick Flannery, Irish singer-songwriter, fresh of releasing his brand new album, Goodbye Charlie, which is phenomenal. And he released it via Oboy Records, which is, of course, John Prine's record label. Y'all may remember uh, Tommy Prine and Fiona Prine, friends of the show. Shout out to them. And we're so stoked to have Mick. What an artist. We reflect on key moments in his life, writing songs at age 15, how Nirvana played a role in his musical development, stonemasonry, because he did some stonemasonry, you know, Tupac, Kendrick Lamar connections to the new music, and a lot more. We love Mick. Get him on your radar because he's going to be huge. Uh, touring the U.S. this fall. For more information, www.mickflannery.com. So let's get straight to it. Mick Flannery on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. How you doing? Mick Flannery, you're the man. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Good, good, man. We can't stop listening to Goodbye, Charlie. I mean, the fact with Valerie June, Young, so many, mate. It, I mean, it's like it not stopping here. So, congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, look at that compound. Where are you now, Mick? Uh, where are you right now? I am in west, the west of Ireland, County Clare. The west of Ireland. Okay. And are you in your house? Yeah, I am, yeah. Nice, nice. Is that where you write songs, uh, Mick? Like, just in your house, in any corner of your house? Uh, pretty much. I just kind of mess around with a guitar or piano every day and see what I can come up with. Okay. So you do it every day. Like, you, like you're, like, disciplined in the sense that, you know, the Nashville Bay, every day, like like going to the gym, the discipline of it, you know. No, hmm? it's, more, it's more like a hobby, really, than a discipline. I think I just... If I get 10 minutes or 15 minutes just to mess around, it's just like a, an obsession. I don't really set a, set apart a fixed time. Um, if I have time to myself, I, I'm often kind of uh, thinking of what might work as a good lyric or something like that. But I, I don't have like a regime where okay. I wake, wake up at six in the morning. It's just there's, there's guitars lying around the house and there's a keyboard in the <laughs> living room and... Yeah, it's just kind of more uh, easygoing. Uh, like, uh, but it is most mostly every day. Whenever I pick up a guitar, I try to find something new. You know, sure, sure, absolutely. Okay, so you have guitars all over your house. That makes sense. I mean, writing a good song, Mick. How old do you start when you begin writing, Mick? Like fifteen, right? Yeah, I think I was around fifteen. I started to mess around with with uh, stories. I think the first song I wrote was a story that was connected to the road where I lived. The The road was called Madman's Road, which almost begged to be a song. Um, it was connected to World War One. There was an asylum near where I lived back uh, 
back in the 1920s when World War One, um, I suppose they were shell shocked um, victims of World War One. They would come yeah. and they would, they would walk up the road near my house, and often they were talking to themselves. The poor men had been affected, so the name the road became known as Madman's Road. Wow! So I wrote okay. a song like that. That nice. was my first song. So, so everyone was like, "Oh my God!" You know, Michael, you live in Madman's Road, kind of vibe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I love it. And, and, okay, and you have the guitar, Mick. I know your mom, you know, musician, and there was great music in your household. But when do you pick them the the, the, the guitar up and start practicing? Uh, about fifteen as well. I had gone to uh, my parents had sent me to some piano lessons when I was about twelve or thirteen. I stopped them when I was about fourteen, just kind of for peer pressure. I wanted to play sports instead, and uh, and. Around that time, I started messing around on my mother's guitar, and um, I just kind of, after a while, I transferred what I had learned from the guitar back onto the piano, kind of just simple chords that I picked up on the guitar as I kind of just transferred onto the piano and kind of taught myself piano again afterwards. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and my point, Mick, I mean, the thing is, some kids are really smart about picking up an instrument or, or writing a song, but in your case, I find it fascinating it was Nirvana. It was that Nirvana Life in New York album that kind of like really kind of took all that fire and took you to like hyperdrive, was it not? Well, I mean, that was, I think that was the reason I wanted to start to play the guitar because when I saw Kurt Cobain for the first time, I thought he was just very cool. Um, and the song was the, the man who sold the world. And yeah. that, that song, I don't know what it was about that song. It was like, a kind of a scariness to us um great musicality a, a lovely chord run and um yeah. i don't know it, it appealed to me the, the it was like a kind of a westernish type of a face-off between two people and then there was this big idea of the man who sold the world i had really no idea what it meant yeah. um so, so you knew how it made you feel yeah it just had a I, but possibly a lot to do with how Kurt Cobain intoned it as well, because he was he had such a raspy kind of uh, sadness to his voice that that probably had a kind of an inspiring effect as well. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean that. Yeah, that's uh, that makes complete sense because your music is really emotional. It certainly brings out the feels. Um, but Mick, let me ask you about this because whenever we have an Irish uh, talent, or or I've had it in my years in Miami radio, I always like to to see how the how the troubles kind of influenced uh, maybe their art or, or the way you kind of grew up watching the world. How did that influence maybe just hearing from your grandparents and from your parents kind of like, you know, the car bombings and the IRA and, and all that stuff? Like, did, did that kind of play a part in you at all? Um, no, because of where I grew up, I was quite detached from um, that, uh, that history. Uh, I grew up in the very south of Ireland in Cork. I like the. I would have heard stories of uh, a great granduncle who who had been killed in the civil war, um, but no kind of direct connection to him. As in, nobody could tell me uh, a living memory of him. Um, and because, like, I I I couldn't claim that my life was affected by having met people from the north, you know, and knowing that it has definitely had an effect on them. I couldn't claim um, 
any anything in comparison to them. Uh, no. I guess it's it's a part of uh, it's a part of what the world views Ireland as because it's it's a part of our our outward history and sure. it's it's something that the world knows about our past. Um, but the, I know the, the the short answer is no. I I I was um, I did get a nice opportunity to co-write a song with uh, a Belfast or a Northern Irish writer um, whose name unfortunately oh, um, Mc, uh, Matt McGinn is his name we wrote a song about the Troubles but I was kind of just using his knowledge as opposed to my own to uh, to kind of to make the song yeah let us talk about HelloFresh for just one second you know when you're on the road as much as we are and just covering music events throwing on Americana Fest event, podcasts here, podcasts there. Sometimes there's not a lot of time to eat healthy and eat well. Luckily, HelloFresh takes the stress out of mealtime by delivering fresh ingredients and easy recipes right next to your door. So this fall, J-Rod family, skip that extra trip to the grocery store and have dinner ready in no time with America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh is more than just dinners. As well, you can also stock your fridge with easy breakfasts, quick lunches, and fresh snacks. Just shop HelloFresh Market and add any of these time-saving solutions to your weekly box. Uh, this has changed my life. I feel cleaner. Uh, I'm more productive. I don't have time to go to the grocery store. This just helps in every way. So I'll tell you what. Uh, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50JROTConcerts and use code 50JROTConcerts for 50% off plus 15% of the next two months. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50JRodConcerts and use code 50JRodConcerts for 50% off plus 15% of the next two months. HelloFresh has changed my life. America's number one meal kit. Okay. No, that, that makes complete sense, making that. And and thanks thanks for your time, by the way. We'll get to the new songs in a second, but your story is just so fascinating, Mick. Tell me and my audience, you know, that and, and excuse our ignorance a little bit about the stone formation. Because what a beautiful thing you do. I mean, you're like an artist in, in its own way with that. But uh that started after high school. Is is that right? To, to tell me a little bit what it is and how it started. Well, I mean, there's there are varying kind of degrees of stone masonry. Um the one I was doing is more of like a construction side of the of the work so we were doing um, the fronts of houses or the entrance walls sure. in, a, in a more artistic form then there are people who do sculptures and there are people who do uh, engraving and they make gravestones and um, but mine is more of a kind of a structural uh, right. uh, thing so I, I wouldn't call myself an artist in that it's just kind of more of a trade uh, right I started when I was about 15 with a local man in Blarney. I, I would take the job for the summer holidays or any breaks in school. I would go working for this man. And yeah. I stayed yeah. with him until I was about 24, I believe. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, and I I still do it. He's like here at my house, I've got uh, unfinished stone walls that I haven't had the time to get to. Yeah. Uh, I, I still enjoy it. 
Absolutely. I imagine your house has the most beautiful kind of finishes, I, I would imagine, Mick. Um, but go going back to Evening Train, which we were listening last week, just kind of prepping for this interview, such a great album. And what I love about it, Mick, is that it came out of that first trip that you made to America, maybe maybe first or one of the first ones. You came to New York, you came to Nashville. What you do, what do you remember from that kind of chapter, Mick? Like that first kind of cultural experience with the music over here and, and that you transferred it into that great album? Um, well, I guess I was a young man and I was quite naive. I didn't have a lot of stories of my own. Um, and I didn't feel like I had a good authority on um, a lot of life's experience. So I decided to write that album or what was my first album as a kind of a storyline so that I would make up these characters and so that I could kind of detach myself and not, and not feel like I was preaching from the voice of a young person, but I was actually just um, kind of putting words in these characters' mouths. Yeah. Um, so that's how that kind of came about. Um, there was some poker playing in it that I was kind of into at the time. Um, there's some drinking and just kind of uh, there's a kind of an ambitious theme to it. It's like some one of the characters wants to just get out and get away and see what they can do with themselves. Sure. So that was that was probably a parallel for me and what I was going into New York to do was to kind of figure out if I could um, if I could fit in in a kind of uh, an ambitious world, I suppose, like that. Turns out I, I wasn't really ready. Um, I went home after about three months and uh, just kind of went back to what I was doing. I went back to working uh, at Stone Mystery and I went back to writing songs and uh, it was a while before I revisited America again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a purity to that album. Uh, obviously, your songwriting was not as developed as it is now, but uh, but there's a purity to it that is quite beautiful. But your songwriting right now with this new album, Mick, I mean, in, in a song like Young, I mean, God, it's just fascinating. And um, I, I just the way you've met genres in there, it, it's great. But um, what's the genesis of this song? Because you, you obviously, there's this Tupac, Kendrick Lamar connection, yeah? Well, that was, um, that was one of the kind of inputs to it. Yeah, there was the... At the end of the Kendrick Lamar album, To Pimp a Butterfly, there's this outtake of a, of what sounds like a kind of an on-the-road interview done. It sounds like it done by a German or a Dutch interviewer um, with Tupac Shakur. Right. And they're, they're talking about kind of world uh, politics and capitalism and what becomes of, of societies once they... Uh, embrace too much greed and once there's too many too many kind of engorged fat cats at the top and, um, and then one of his points was that you must fight when you're young because you don't see what he said was you don't see too many loud mouthed 35 year olds walking around <laughs> you have to you have to um, you have to do it when you're young when you have the passion and when you have the fight in you um, so that was one of the points, and that's what kind of, uh, I think that started the chorus of the song. Then the, the verses are kind of uh, a mix of of um, 
what what happens to people as they grow older and what what happens to their to their passions i guess and what it is their passions are about right. is it just you know is it fear is it boredom is this uh is it genuine altruism about the world do you actually care about the rest of the people in the world or is it more about your internal struggles your internal insecurities or what it is that might be keeping you up at night as opposed to the ills of the world. Amazing. Amazing, Mick. Well, I, I don't want to hold you much any longer, so let me leave you with this, Mick. Uh, you're now signed to Oh Boy Records, uh, obviously, of the late, great John Prine. Uh, you know, Fiona and Tommy, great friends of our show, so shout out to them. Uh, but just tell us a little bit about this beautiful... I, I'm so happy that your art is, is housed now in Oh Boy Records, how this came to be. And, uh, and and just a quick note of, of, of how yeah of how of how you are now with them. Um, I'm very happy that it came to be and and honored and proud and um it, it's like it feels like a good fit to me. Thankfully, it, not all my adventures into the lands of record company has have been have been happy relationships. Oh, start not. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, yeah, just to be, just to be attached to the legacy of someone who is a hero of mine is a very, very nice thing. Um, I, I've only met, uh, Fiona once or twice. I've met Tommy once or twice, uh, both that both times as kind of tribute, tribute concerts to John, which I was very happy to be invited to. Um, and I'm going to see them next week now, I believe, uh, in America. Um, so I'm looking forward to the whole thing. Like they've already, uh, made mention of, you know, various connections that they have in the industry that I could maybe benefit from, which is kind of with what it's all about really is like good, good people meeting each other and just a bit less of the capitalism is, is a nice, is a nice touch. Well, McFlannery, you have said it all. Um, we're going to air this right before Americana Fest that you're going to be here in Nashville. I, I would suggest if you haven't been to to kind of lay low and get some rest because that doesn't stop that whole week. But uh, you're going to rock. You're going to be one of the breakout stars of the week. And we can't wait to see you perform. Thank you so much, McFlannery. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice Thank to talk to you. Bye. You have been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Thank you for tuning in.